welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Like I've already been introduced, my name's Wally King. I'm part of the leadership here, the children's leadership team. Um, and as you can see, this is not going to be our normal Sunday. <laughs> Sitting in front of you is some of the most amazing, most powerful prayer warriors that you'll ever see. They're amazing. I love, 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 love working with them. So there are my ministry team today for you guys. So they're going to have an opportunity to pray with you. And what we're going to talk about, like you already know, is the power of childlike faith. But I do have one thing that I have to let you know about, one rule, and that is at any time during this message, this is an interactive message today. Anytime during the message today that you, you get that little tug from the Holy Spirit and you want to come up here and get prayer from one of these little groups that are sitting up here, I, want, I don't want you to wait. I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come up. I want you to get prayer at that very moment. Okay, so lots of times in, in church we wait to the end and then everything gets busy and everything gets a little crazy and, and we lose that kind of that little momentum that we have. Today we don't want to lose that momentum. Today we want you, if you feel that little tug, just come up right away, okay? That's, the re- that's really the only real rule, okay? And don't worry, you're not going to disturb me if you come up. You're not going to throw me off. I raised five teenagers. I'm partly brain dead already. So you just come up and just do what you need to do, all right? So, so that's, that's the real rule. Um, um, and don't be intimidated by fear. I have that down. Because fear hinders our encounters. It reduces our experience with Christ. And without these encounters and experiences, we fail to discover more about our own destiny. See, fear, fear actually holds you back. You can't, you can't discover who you are in Christ if you're afraid to come up and see what he has for you. So I had this little illustration. I was going to do it, but I didn't want to create chaos. I was going to bring this very large bag of candy and ask the kids if they wanted a piece of candy. <laughs> but I decided not to do it because I figured, wow, that's going to be chaotic if all the kids come running up because, you know, kids know how to respond to good things. Yeah. You know, so if the Holy Spirit wants you to go get something really good today, just go up and get it. You know, it's there for your for you to take a hold of and and just grasp a hold of it, all right? So that's our rule. We're going to get going. So, um, oh, one other thing. Kids do not have a junior Holy Spirit. I did have to get that out there right now. Um, If you're expecting a little child is going to put their hands on me and pray and everything's going to be a little hunky-dory type thing, it's not the way kids pray, all right? one of the examples I have, they keep things very simple. It doesn't always look like the way that you expect it's going to look like. Um, one of the things that I remember praying with, um, who remembers Jackie Poppins used to be in the house here? She had this neurological condition. Her head kind of shook around a little bit. It wasn't really dramatic, but she had this neurological thing. I had one of the kids pray me, praying with me one day, and they wanted to go pray with Jackie. And so... He asked, you know, what's the matter with you? And she went into this big, long spiel about the medical background of all this stuff. And she really got into why she had it, why the neurological connections and things in her brain weren't really firing the way that she should, they should have been. So her head kind of has this tremor to it. 
And so this little kid I had with me was just kind of sitting there waiting patiently, being very polite. And then he kind of lays his hand on her when the opportunity came, and he goes, Dear Jesus, just fix this messed up brain. (laughs) So if you're expecting something, don't expect anything. That's this. When you work with children, I'll expect the unexpected. So that's, that's, that's a good rule I'll always go with. You know, I try to, when we do our gold, mount, gold mine encounters and stuff, I always have this vision of what it's supposed to look like, and it never happens. So when you work with kids, be flexible. Know that if you come up, some might stand up and pray with you, some might not. doesn't mean that they're not engaged, all right? It just means that it looks a little different. That's all, Okay. So how powerful are children? And when I talk about children today, I'm also talking about you because you're the children of God. So I want to make sure that we don't confuse people, that I'm only talking about one one group of people today. But how powerful are children? Um, Psalms 8 says, Through the praises of children and infants. That really gets me. Through the praises of children and infants. Little tiny babies. One of my great desires is to see that our nursery be transformed, that they don't go down and just watch the kids, that they actually engage with the kids and sing and pray and, and do all sorts of other things in that little group down there. But through the praises of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Most of the translations, because we're dealing with kids, are going to be from the Message Bible today, so... But there's another translation that says, through the praises of children and infants, you shut the mouth of the enemy. Children have a very unique ability to pray, and when they pray, the enemy can't speak against them. So that's going to be our number one topic right now, our number one thing that we're going to hit on first. And when I talk about, I have four topics, when I talk about them, we're going to go through them pretty quickly. If you don't come up and get prayer during, during the message, at the end we're going to do what we call a fire tunnel. Okay? Now, I know one of the kids was hoping that we'd have real fire, but we're not. All that is is the kids are going to line up in two rows and the adults are going to walk through and they're going to get prayer. So don't allow that terminology to scare you a little bit. We're not going to set the church on fire. Okay? We will not do that. I know some of you are very disappointed in that. So, kids, I want you guys to raise your hands up. All the kids, raise your hands up. We're going to pray. Shake your hands around. We're going to pray real quick. And repeat after me. I am really powerful. More powerful than the Incredible Hulk. I'm more cool than Spider-Man. I can do all things... Because Christ is in me. I ask right now that you just anoint these hands that whoever I touch, whoever I pray for, would feel your presence. Because I'm mighty. I'm powerful. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because I'm amazing. amazing. And he loves me. me. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys, are you ready? Kids, are you ready? That was really weak. Kids, are you ready? All right. We got him going. All right. Chris Valentin has this, this saying that says, not all things that enter into your mind are yours. Into your, into your mind are actually your thoughts. So that's the first thing we're going to strike on right now. He says, one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to make you believe that you're something that you're not. It happened to Adam and Eve. It started at, at the very beginning. You know, Adam and Eve were was sitting in the garden, and Satan comes along and tells them, if you eat of this apple, you're going to become like God. But they didn't realize that they were already like him. So the first trick as the enemy is to make you feel like you're an orphan because Satan was the first orphan. First thing he likes to do is try to make you pretend that you don't really belong in the family of God, that somehow you've missed the boat, somehow you're not really fitting in the way that you're supposed to be, somehow it's just not working the way that you think it's supposed to be working. So he gives you this lie into your brain and he starts to tell you that you're not what I created you to be. See, often these voices that keep repeating in our brain, they keep coming over and over and over again. And if you don't deal with them in a very serious and direct way, what happens is that little distance from your brain to your heart, the voices will soon infect your heart and you have a bigger problem. It's no longer a brain issue, it's also a heart issue as well. And then it's a lot harder to get rid of. See, I believe that most... People who suffer with depression have dealt with a voice in their head the wrong way because they have allowed the voice to kind of come in and contaminate their heart and then they become depressed because they believe the lie instead of what Jesus said they were. So that's number one. So And I can tell you right now, too, because I'm standing here. If I wasn't standing here, I'd be down there getting prayer right now because there's things that come against my mind sometimes that just say, you're not who who I I created you to be. And I have to contend with those. I actually have have one of those metal garbage cans, you know, those one with the lids that you step on and the lid pops up. I have one of those in my brain. And any time a lie comes into my head, I have to evaluate it and say, is this from heaven or is this from hell? And if I can't verify that it's not from God, then it goes directly into the garbage can and I allow the lid to shut as tight as it can. Because I can't entertain that thought because I know if I entertain it long enough, it'll start to affect my heart and then I have a lot bigger issue to deal with. So if you're here today and you're dealing with depression or you're dealing with a thought that keeps coming into your brain that you just can't get rid of, these kids have the power to shut that mouth. And that's what they're here to help you with today. Number two. Children often carry the ability to see into the spirit realm, but they don't talk about it because it's so natural to them. This winter I was driving my grandson Liam back home, and he's three and a half. And we're sitting in... We're sitting in the car, and I look back through my rear view mirror, and he's looking out the window. I wanted to have this little discussion with him. 
I said, Liam, he says, he says, do you see any angels? He says, Gramps, yes. I said, well, he says, well, where is he? He says, he's, he's outside the window flying. I go, oh, I said, that's good. I said, oh. And then I wanted to know, well, really, is it an angel? I started getting this little thing in my head. I said, well, what is he like? He goes, he's really, really funny. I go, okay, because then you know, he's starting to lose concentration at three and a half already. I'm trying to think of what can I ask him next. And, he, and, he, and I go, is he big or is he little? He goes, he's big, 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 big. I go, wow. So we're driving down the road, and he's off talking about something else and doing something else. And so I come back a few seconds later, and I go, is, is your angel still there? He goes, no. He had to leave. I go, oh. Why? He goes, because somebody cried out, help, help. And my angel had to leave to go help. But he'll be right back. <laughs> see, angels have, I mean, kids have this amazing ability to see into the spirit realm. And sometimes we think they're just dancing around and acting like a kid. But they're really responding lots of times to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And we just get confused as adults because it doesn't look like it's supposed to look like. See, as adults, we, learn the, we lose the ability to become childlike because we become mature Christians sometimes. Too mature for our own good sometimes. So, so we can rediscover our awe and our wonder by watching children. Who remembers the time little Daniel came up? He was like three, three and a half, and he crawled up on his hands and his knees and he came right up here to the altar and he touched his head against the altar and he laid down flat. It absolutely rocked my world at that moment and it changed the atmosphere in this place. Children have an opportunity to change the atmosphere if you allow them to. They're great at that. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse, but, but most of the times they are atmosphere changers. John 1.12 says, you have been given the right to be called the children of God. You have been given the right to be called children of God. Not to live like a child in the kingdom is a violation of your family rights. If you don't live like a child in the kingdom of God, then you're going to have some issues along the way because Jesus himself says you can't even enter into the kingdom unless you become like a child. So you've been giving that right. But lots of times we postpone those rights because we become intellectualized and we have to do things a certain way. See, one of the greatest things I get really irritated about when I'm in a group and when I'm talking to people is that some people say, oh, I have a family curse. Or they get so bent on their illnesses and their sicknesses and the things that are going on in their life that they forget who God really says that they are. You know, some people even get stuck on genetic things, like, oh, my grandmother, great-great-great-grandmother had this, so I probably am going to have this too. You know, they get stuck on these kind of issues, but the reality of all this is, is that all things were made new. Um, the curses were nailed to the cross. You're a new creation. You're no longer citizens of this world. You know, 
I want to live my life not by my physical DNA, but by my spiritual DNA. It's not about, it's not like you're never going to get sick or you're never going to have an issue in your life. It's more about, am I going to really believe who God says that I am? Am I going to believe what I see physically? Or am I going to believe what I see spiritually? Sometimes it's just a change in the mindset and how you're going to think about it. It says, I believe that the kingdom of God, if we learn to enter into his presence, he'll change the identity in the way that we think. It says, Christ is in heavenly places and you're seated with him in heavenly places and we have the access to a supernatural lifestyle. So this is number two. If you believe that you are who Jesus says that you are, or do you believe a lie that says something different? If you're living in a constant state of your illness or in a constant state of not being able to to break free of something, I want you to come up and get some prayer. Okay? That's number two. Number three, Ralph stole my thunder. Thanks, Ralph. A religious mindset can distort your destiny and hinders your childlike response to what Christ is doing. See, I'll repeat that because it's good. It says, the religious mindset distorts your destiny and hinders your childlike response to what Christ is doing. See, the religious mindset always tries to make you intellectualize your relationship with God. So we're going to read this right here. Um, Matthew 12, start, or 21, starting with verse 12. Jesus went straight to the temple and threw out everyone who had set up shop, buying and selling. He kicked over the tables and the loan sharks. He didn't kick over the loan sharks. He chased them out. <laughs> and he knocked over the stalls that were dove merchants. He quoted this text. My house was designated as a house of prayer. You have made it into a hangout for thieves. Now there, was a, now there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. They came to Jesus, and he healed them. When the religious leaders saw the outrageous things he was doing and heard the children running and shouting through the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were up in arms and took him to task. Do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus said, yes, I hear them. And haven't you read in God's word from the mouths of children and babes, I will furnish a place of praise. Children respond to freedom. What was Jesus doing? He was turning over tables. He was getting rid of the the merchandise that was there. He was chasing out people. He had made a whip and he was chasing out people. Now I want you to get this in your head a little bit, what this actually looks like. There's a bunch of kids around, there's a bunch of adults around, and Jesus goes into this crazy state, and he starts chasing people around. If I'm a child standing there, I'm going to be a little afraid. At least I think I would be. At least that's my my adult perception that I would be. So, So what really happens? 
all the adults get indignant, and they say, well, how dare you do this in the temple? How dare you turn over our tables? How dare you turn over our religious needs so that we can get right with God? See, those tables were selling, they were selling doves. They were selling um, sheep. They were selling things because at that time in, in history, you had to buy something for a sacrifice. But Jesus ran into the temple, and he goes, you know what? I'm turning this stuff over because I'm here now. He says, I am the sacrifice that nobody can afford, so you may well get rid of this junk, and I'm chasing you out of here. But the kids, I would think they would be frightened and run out of the temple, but instead they start singing, Hosanna to the son of David. And all the adults are standing around going, what's wrong with this guy? Let me bring this down a little bit more personal when I was reading this, something kind of stirred in my spirit, and this is how my spirit kind of started to interpret it just a little bit. You got this temple. What's the temple? We're the temple. Okay? In the New Testament, we're the temple. Jesus comes in, and he turns over religious tables. When we accept Jesus into our life, sometimes he has to turn some tables over. Sometimes he has to do a little bit of turning over and getting rid of a few thieves in our lives that try to steal our yeah. destiny and our identity. Yeah. So he comes in and he turns those things over. And we have two ways we can respond. We can say, how dare God even try to do this because this is where I, I put my faith and my trust is in, and this is where I feel comfortable. Or we can have a childlike response and say, Hosanna to the son of David, thank you. Thank you for coming in and turning over those religious yeah. tables. Thank you for chasing out the thief in my life who tries to distort who I am because I have been made in your image. Yeah. <laughs> Get out, thief. There's no yeah. room for you. And in my childlike faith, healing can happen. Yeah. Restoration can happen. <sighs> and just accept that amazing that amazing freedom that only children can bring and childlike faith releases. So that was number, that was number um, three. It says if you have some tables that need to be overturned, if you find yourself criticizing the church often, maybe you have a few religious tables that need to be overturned just a little bit. Maybe something's trying to rob you of something. You know, so the, you can come up if you'd like. That's, that's great. Um, let me give you an example of that, because I wrote down one example that when I was like, eight or nine years old, I really, really, really wanted a pair of cowboy boots for Christmas. I mean, I wanted the leather, authentic cowboy boots. I wanted all the, all the things on the side and the designs. I really wanted a pair of cowboy boots. So at Christmas Day, I opened up this package, and there's a pair of cowboy boots in it, but they're plastic cowboy boots with a toe cut off, so they're like flat at the end. And they have plastic heels. And I know my parents didn't have a lot of money, and, and, but it's like, ugh, it's not what I envisioned in my head. It's not really what I wanted. I wanted the leather. I wanted all the, all the cool-looking stuff. But instead, I ended up with a plastic pair of boots. So that Sunday, we go to go to church, and I, 
our church at that time was a very large kind of cathedral type building and I had my cousin with me and he's 19, 19 days older than I am and we go to church. I'm walking into this large empty building with these plastic boots on and it's going clunk, 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 clunk. I try to walk over like clunk, 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 clunk. I'm trying not to make a noise because it's dead silent in there. And by the time I get to my seat, I'm in hysterics laughing. I can't control myself because I can't walk in these boots because they make so much noise. And then my cousin starts laughing, and during the whole, during the whole church time, every time we looked at each other, we started laughing. And we're like, we couldn't even sit up in our pews. We had to lay down in our pews and kind of hide our laughter the best that we could. So we get out of a... So we get out of church, and my mom pulls me to the side, and he goes, you know, you know what? God is very disappointed in your laughter today. He's disappointed. He doesn't like that kind of activity in church. Who knew? I guess you didn't read, read in Psalms when he said when they were having problems and they were in all this despair, they look at heaven and God's sitting on the throne laughing <laughs> because he already knows he has victory. Yeah. So who knows? Who, who knew that God was so disappointed in my laughter? <laughs> that I became born again. <laughs> that really threw her off. <laughs> Told all my brothers and sisters that I joined a cult. She's used to it now, thank goodness. So, now I lost my concentration. <laughs> awesome. So I, I grew up with this mindset that God did not like laughter in his church. I grew up with this thing in my heart that says, if I saw laughter in the church, then that wasn't really pleasing to God. You know? Then all the Toronto stuff happened. And I became offended. Because I was told God doesn't like that kind of stuff. You see, sometimes bad theology has a tendency to distort the image of God. And we start living under a religious mindset instead of being like a child and having the freedom to accept people for who they are and allow them to have their freedom in that church as well. You know, if you try to be controlling over people, it's not going to work very well. You're going to become very disappointed in the church because not everybody's going to fit underneath your theology. Anyways, we'll move on. Number four. Children know how to respond to boo-boos. Children know when they fall off their bike and they get a skinned knee that they're going to run to mama or they're going to run to papa. I want you, I want you to read this, and I want you to listen really carefully to these words in Ephesians in Ephesians um, 5.1, it says, Watch what God does, and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get us to do something or to be something. 
but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. See, an external event in your life should never hinder the internal response to run to Papa God. An external boo-boo in your life should never hinder your ability to know where the hugs and kisses need to come from. But someplace along the way, we learned how to build up walls. We learned how to close some doors and to keep God away when we've been injured, especially if the injury came from the church. You know, if one of our brothers and sisters injured us, oh my goodness, it becomes an infestation quickly. Because then we like, oh, the church, the church. No, the heart, the heart. Nowhere to run. Nowhere to get that, get that fix. See, children really know how to respond to pain. They run to Papa God and they say, Papa God, just hold me, kiss me, hug me. See, the people brought children to Jesus hoping he might touch them. The disciples shooed them off, but Jesus was irate and let them know it. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are the very center of life in the kingdom. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Then gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands and blessed them. One of the things that really disturbed me that you hear over and over in the news is when a child gets injured. And you know what I'm talking about. I, I work in a hospital. I hear it. I see it. I'm bombarded with it sometimes. Some days I just can't even turn on the radio without hearing some of the disgusting things that happen to children. And it breaks my heart when I hear it because I know at that point that child is going to have to contend with a closed door or a wall in their life that they're not going to be able to really take care of unless they know that there is a God that loves them who they can run to and get the hugs and the kisses they need until that thing and that stronghold in their life has been broken off in them. See, it's still true today. Jesus said it about the children then, but it's still true today. He says, don't you dare to stand between me and them. That's how God thinks about you. He says, you're the children of God. He says, don't anything, don't allow anything to stand between me and you. I want clear access to every part of your life. I don't want anything to hinder it whatsoever. So that was number four. If you experience some kind of traumatic thing in your life, we don't have to even know about it. But if you experience something in your life and you still struggle with that thing in your heart and it says, oh, my relationship isn't right with God because this wall, this door is shut so tight that I've never been able to get rid of it. Then we have an opportunity for you here today to come up and just get some prayer and, and allow these kids to shut the mouth of that enemy that keeps calling you something that you're not, that you're inferior because of this event in your life. See, Jesus himself actually carried the passion of heaven, the passion of his Father, here to earth to reestablish a relationship between him and you. When you learn to live with childlike faith, 
we empower ourselves to enter into all that the kingdom has to offer us. See, kids themselves are a really good example of how to live. They don't carry around a lot of junk. They don't, they don't, they don't just... When they pray, it's like so simple and so powerful that sometimes it just messes with my brain because they didn't work something up first. So what we're going to do here is once they're done praying, we're going to have all the kids come up and form two lines here. And Brian's going to play some music. And this is how it's going to look. If you want additional prayer, this is how it's going to look. Everybody's going to go to that side. We'll form a line, and you'll be able to walk through, and the kids will pray with you. The prayer teams will come over to where the kids' corner is. If you want additional prayer, if you need something just kind of knocked out of you, then allow that prayer team to do something over you and just allow God to work over there as well. So if you're on the prayer team, maybe you want to come first. So allow them to get in the line first. But we're just going to review the four things that I believe that it really takes to recenter your heart so it's back like a childlike faith so that there's no strings attached to your relationship with God, okay? Number one. Negative voices hinder your childlike faith by infecting your heart. Number two, believe that you are who Jesus really says that you are. Don't believe a lie. Wrong theology robs your relationships. It makes you a doer instead of just a beer in the kingdom. It makes you try you think it makes you think that you have to do something in order to be accepted by God, but all you have to do is just be a child. Children don't have to try to be children. They just be children because they are. Um, number four, don't shut down the access to, the, to Papa God. Never shut it down. Always run to him. Don't blame God. It's not his fault. He just has the answer for you, that's all. Yeah. All right, so we just get some help to move the chairs back. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And then I'll let my, the amazing gold mine team just get everybody lined up. Brian's going to start playing some music. If you're still ministering, do not rush it. You might just need to move over to the side just a little bit. But everybody over there, if you line up over here, if you want prayer, if you don't, the Connection Cafe is open today. Is that correct? Yes. The Connection Cafe is open. If you're new here today and you want to connect with some people, that's a great place to connect with people. You go out the door and to the left. When you work with children, it can be a little chaotic. (laughs) That's okay. I love chaos. Controlled chaos. And Brian, you can start playing some music. Just give him a minute to get situated here. My prayer for you today is this. That if you leave this place today, when you leave it today, that you would have a renewed heart attitude about what childlike faith really looks like. That your heart would be set free of bondages and things that just kind of control your heart instead of allowing it to be exactly what God intended it to be. I really want you to think about this as you go through your week about childlike faith. Am I really living up to that? And if you're not, then say, what's hindering that? What's stopping that in my life?
So kids, are you ready? Kids, are you really, really ready? When people go by, you're going to put your hands on them. (laughs) Who knows what will happen, but whatever happens, just keep praying and just see what God will do. He's amazing. All right, you guys, this is our return up the music.